to the mantle that that Reverend Joel carries upon his life. And Reverend Joel, come on up here. Here, have your liberty. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate that. Well, good morning. Before you're seated, why don't you uh, bump somebody next to you and say, so good to be here with you. Praise God. Hey, welcome to church this morning. Isn't it good to be here? You know, I'm sure they have some lovely jail cells in town, but, is it, but how many know being in church is better than being in the best jail cell that they have? I'm sure they have some good hospital beds in town, but isn't being in church better than being in the best hospital bed in town? And uh, it's really even better than sitting in your own house. Praise God. Nowhere like the local church, and, and I sure appreciate this one. I really do. Of course, your pastors uh, and their whole family, they're very dear to me. Um, I've just watched the hand of God on them over the years, and... Uh, Really, if, if, if I could tell each one of you, uh, because I know a lot of people, you know, the caliber of leaders you have is just, you could, couldn't get any better. Couldn't want any better. There's a lot of people shaking their head like this, but no, I'm sorry. It's just the truth. <laughs> it's just the truth. And, and if I could say this, if we were in a time when our message was more popular, and there was a time when our message was more popular, you couldn't fit the people in this building. Amen. Yeah, there'd just be hundreds and hundreds and maybe even more than that. Of people, and so, um, but we're in a time where glory to God, we get to use our faith to do the work of God, and uh, yeah, we do. We we get to we get to call those things which be not as though they were, and uh, we get to do the word of God. And so, don't let the numbers deceive you or belie you. You you guys are in a wonderful place with amazing pastors, and then of course the hand of God is on their whole family and. And, and all their kids, the, all three of their kids, glory to God. One of them has some catching up to do, but he'll catch up. Praise God. He'll catch up. And so uh, we're just excited for not just the future, but for the present, what's going on right here today. How many came expecting to receive today? I do want to make mention of uh, some of the books I brought with me. And um, uh, you've already heard about this one, Fearless. 30 Days of Boldness, Freedom, and Greater Faith. Anybody, you've read some of this already. Um, this has been such a help to me in my life. And uh, it, it's, you, you want to say ironic. It's not ironic. It's just the leading of the Lord. But I was led to start writing this book about two, three weeks before what we call the pandemic hit, you know. And, of course, once that came, I wasn't done yet once that came. But, I'm, but you know, your sense of purpose just got really great because... Man, people are going through it. And a lot of times you don't even recognize the fear that you're dealing with. You don't recognize it as fear. And so this will help you do a couple of things. Number one, to become aware of even those little fears when they come after you. And then number two, learn how to put your foot to it and kick it out of your life. So praise the Lord. Who wants this book? Good. They're back there at the table. You just go back there. We take, a, we take cash, check, or anybody's credit card that you have, we don't check to see whether it's yours or not. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you might say, that's not how the game's supposed to work. I usually don't play, the, the, I don't play everybody else's game. But uh, there's, uh, there's other books, too, that are really good. Now, this one, this one will rock your world every bit as much as that. This is called Helping People Receive Healing. I, I got to tell you, this is a life changer. Matter of fact, I have to read this constantly just to keep it, just to remind myself in my life 
what's on the inside of me that I can minister to other people. And this, this will tell you, not just, not just for how, how the minister can help people receive healing. This is how you can help other people and yourself receive healing in your life. It is so outstanding. And I mean, you might say, well, you're kind of a little egotistical, aren't you? When I say outstanding, I'm not talking about the writing. I'm talking about the revelation in it that came from God. You understand what I'm, that's what I'm referring to. And so I'm impressed with what God shows me from his word. <laughs> and, and you should be impressed with the things of God as well. And then actually my newest book, and, and there's a lot more than just these there on the table. These are just a couple. But my newest book's called They Shouldn't Have to Ask Refle Reflections on Race, Rights, and Equality. Oh, you might say, what, happened? what kind of church are we in? Well, <laughs> you know, because there's some, there's some churches, they'll preach these kind of things all the time. And it's not that I even preach on, on these things a lot, but God dealt with me uh, several months ago when, when the nation was in upheaval over certain things that went, that, you know, that were going down. And you, know, you do understand, if you're just watching on TV, you only have one side of the story and one perspective, and there's all sides. But what this, what this book is, is what God would, I believe, have to say on the subject. And he dealt with me. There's only two of my books that he dealt with me in a more spectacular way to write. I was led to write all. You know what I mean when I say I was led? It was in my heart on all of them and the timing of them all and that sort of thing. But there's two of them that, uh, well, one of them I didn't want to write because I didn't think anybody would want to read it. And that's, uh, that's one called The Office, Understanding the Ministry Gifts. It is a good book. You should read it. And I, I said, I don't think I'm going to write that because who wants it? And the Lord said, you write it. So that was one of the books he dealt with me in more of, more of a spectacular way because, you know, I wanted to go a different way. And then this, I, I was, to, to be truthful about it, when everything was on the news, and, and of course now we have several rounds of it and every little bit things pop up. And uh, I was getting a little fed up with kind of what I felt like was the pressure that you had to, like everybody almost has to come out and make a statement that you're uh, against racism, otherwise people think you're for it. How many know racism would be wrong? There's no two ways about it. You're looking at me like, like what's the punchline? No, there's no punchline to that. That's just, that's just truth. Yeah. Or, or do you not believe that? Yeah. <laughs> Skin color is, is just the, the most out, outward layer. It's like, you know, it's like judging somebody because of their clothes. So that's not right. But anyhow, so I just said, I just made mention to the Lord. I said, you know what? I'm not going to bow to the pressure to have to put out some kind of statement from my ministry saying that I'm against something that obviously we should be against. And that was just me. I'm not, I'm not preaching this. This is not doctrine for you. I'm just saying that was my attitude. And uh, I, I just told the Lord, I'm not saying anything unless you deal with me to say something. And he said, go get your computer. And when I did, he started really just dictating to me. And, and some of this book is actually a fictional story. I think you'd like it a lot. And so it's for two kinds of people. Can I share with you who those two kinds of people are? Um, and I didn't realize this until I was done with this, see God so good. It's for the kind of individual, which I believe is a lot of people, that, that they're like, I'm a believer. I, I don't like what I see, but then I don't like some things that I see on both sides of it. What should be my landing spot? Yeah. Where should I land um, and, and feel confident that I'm in the right position? This will help you have, know where your landing spot is as a believer. Good? But then there's another kind of person that this is written for. And it's the kind of person that, that's like me that says, I, I'm against racism. I'm not a racist. 
I, this doesn't apply to me. Because there's some, there's some areas where you and I can all be awakened where injustice is concerned. So, so that's that. That's that. That's the story. And if you like any of these, they're on the back now. You might say, well, why don't you give them away like those other preachers? Let me tell you what I'm doing. Let me tell you what I'm doing. Any of my books, any of my teaching series, any of my music, you can download it on my website. And there's no cost for that. So that's my seed into your life. The, uh, the paperback ones we do sell, it helps us print more. That's what that does. So I'm going to stick this back over here. Now, that wasn't a sales pitch. I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not here pitching product today. Just letting you know that there's an anointing on those that would bless your life. And we're only here for a couple services. And, uh, but, the, but there's more in my heart I'd like to share with you. And that's one way we get it to you. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hope it was okay to take just a minute and say that. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to have you try again to turn to the uh, second, Paul's letter second. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Second Timothy three. Well, this it's interesting, is it not? <laughs> I brought in some water. Where where's the one I brought in? Right there. Thank you. It's a little bit chilled, that's why I want it. Second Timothy three. How many of you, uh, how many of you, I'm not, and I'm not asking you this to fuss at you, I'm not at all, but how many of you did, were not able to make it last night, to be here last night? A couple, okay, seems like there's a lot more people than were here last night, but some of them don't want to admit it, pastors. <laughs> we, we know not everybody was here. <laughs> but, uh, but last night, uh, you know, depending on who you are or where you've been, you could think last night was more of an unusual service. And uh, certainly there were some unusual things that happened. There, there's some things I'd never done before, never, never been a part of before. And uh, I want to give, I want to preach some things to you today, if I can. And in doing so, hopefully bring also some explanation and some understanding to what happened last night and uh, give you a proper perspective on it. And it, it, wasn't, it wasn't just that I didn't come with a sermon prepared. You might, you might think that way because, because like Pastor said, I did not minister. I, I announced the scripture, tried to read it. That's as far as we got last night in that regard, but it's not all that happened last night. Some great things happened. Some, some amazing things happened and some things that you might not even recognize. But see, God, God doesn't just work through your physical ears. He'll work down on the inside of you. Amen. He's, he, he'll, sometimes, uh, he'll sometimes do surgery on you. Amen. When you're in church, you know what I mean by that? He, he'll, he'll sometimes plant some things. He'll give you implants, spiritual implants. Amen. And he'll plant some things in you. And then he'll take some things out of you that have been hindering you and holding you back. And uh, God's a precious, precious God. He loves you. He loves you. And uh, his love takes many forms. And so I'm going to share some of his love today with you. I pray. Praise God. In the second letter to Timothy, the third chapter, the first verse, Paul is writing to Timothy. He says, this know also 
that in the last days, in the last days, what kind of time shall come? Perilous times shall come. And you might say, well, Brother Joel, that sounds like maybe we're in the last days. There ain't no maybe about it. We are for sure, for sure in what the Bible calls the last days. Now, you might say, OK, this is one of those scary messages. Uh, not for the believer who's connected with God, not for the believer who's walking with God. But, yeah, you want to know the truth? Folk don't have any idea how scared they ought to be if they're living without God. Perilous times shall come. Now, I, I, I want to tell you, we're in the last days. You might say, is it because times are difficult? No, we're not in the last days because perilous times are upon us. Perilous times are upon us because we're in the last days. Perilous times are here because we're in the last days. Now, uh, the Amplified translation of this says, uh, perilous times, times of great stress and difficulty, hard to deal with, hard to bear. Well, how many know, uh, you know, just during this calendar year that we've been in, it's been some mighty crazy stuff, been some mighty wild times, right? Some times of difficulty. Praise the Lord. I figured out why she's over there now. And now I know. <laughs> yeah, I'll eventually learn. Praise God. Times of great stress, times of great difficulty. We're in times like that. Now, I understand this. Last year, you could have preached the same verse and said the same thing. And five years ago, you could say the same thing. These are crazy times. But do you see, and how many, maybe, I'm not suggesting anybody here is old, but maybe some of you have been young a lot longer than the rest of us. You know what I mean? How many can say, as you look back on your life, it just seems like, like things as we go are getting weirder and weirder and, and crazier and crazier and you wouldn't have even, even have thought of, of some of the stuff. So we're in, we're in interesting times. But there's also causes behind the times. There's also reasons for the times. How many are interested to know some of the reasons behind the times? Now, um, I, I endeavor to pray. I endeavor to spend time seeking God. I don't want to go to this place or any other place and just spout things off off the top of my head. I'm not saying things because uh, I'm trying to be sensational or, or just trying to be impressive that, oh, my, you know, this this person knows so much. Well, the more I know, the more I realize I don't know a whole lot yet. Right. Amen. Right. I'm learning just like everybody else. But, I, but in, in seeking God and talking to God, you know, earlier this year, as things, uh, as things were, we would say, he, heating up and closing down, uh, and you're not allowed to meet together anymore, and this is happening, and that's happening, uh, you know, you ought to go to God about things. And because the Bible teaches, in, in Paul's first letter to Timothy, the Bible teaches that, that we ought to be believing God for a quiet peaceable life in all godliness and honesty where people can hear the gospel, people can get saved, come to the knowledge of, of the truth. And, and so that's what we want. And so when things t turn upside down and flip around in the world, well, we ought to find out, we ought to be in the know. We ought not to be in the dark about 
why is this happening and what's going on and and uh, I talked to God and it wasn't a long conversation but I just said God is Lord is there anything you can share with me uh, of course I wasn't I wasn't out preaching a whole lot this year uh, for, for the reasons we just mentioned yeah. and so it's not like I was getting ready to board or plane board a plane or anything when I asked this yeah. but I said Lord is there anything you know you're interested in in sharing with me along these lines and he did he he shared with me the cause of what's been going on this year. I know maybe you're not very interested in that, but sometime you could ask me and I'll share it with you what he said. Or you want me to just do that now? You want me to do that now? Uh, he shared with me that there's a, there was a cause in the natural realm and the cause in the spiritual realm. Uh, meaning this, that there was things that society was responsible for. But there was also things in the body of Christ yeah. that needed to be corrected, that needed to be adjusted. Yeah, I hope it's okay. It's an okay yeah. uh, time and place to share some of these things because it's important. You and I want to be part of the solution. We want to be, we don't want to be part of the problem. And how many know that you can, you can do things with, without even realizing it that can cause difficulty, you know? Just for just for an example of what I'm talking about, you know, people can develop medical issues based on things like they didn't eat right. And in some cases, well, they try to educate you on how to eat. But in some cases, folk just didn't know. Maybe maybe we didn't have it. This is all we had. This is all we could do. And, uh, you know, you could end up in trouble just by just through ignorance, through not knowing any better. And so wouldn't it be a bad thing if because you didn't know better, you ended up on a train wreck. You ended up not doing well yeah. because you didn't know. That's right? right? Yeah. And so let's be in the know. Let's be in the wise. And so I'm just going to I'm just going to share with you what the Lord shared with me. And it might be some of it might be shocking, but I'm just going to just come out and say a couple things that he shared with me. And, uh, and I think it'll help you. So. The one thing he shared with me, I said, well, you know, why? Because really one of my questions was, what can we do? Can we do anything to stop this? Can we put an end to this? Can we take our authority? Can we just, can we just rebuke this and watch it go away? You know, I want to know. I want to know what, what, what are we supposed to do? And so here's one thing the Lord said to me. Shocked me when he said it. He said, you guys won't stop killing the babies. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. What do we call it? Abortion. Yeah, that's not, it's interesting. That's not the term he used. That's a medical term. Yeah. That's, the, uh, that's a medical term, right? right. What did he call it? Murder. Killing the babies. Yeah. So he was talking about our nation. Yes. And because I'm asking him, why has this come to our nation? Why has this come to our nation? That's the one, that's what he said to me. And he's, then he said this, he said, I've held this off as long as I could. I've held this off as long as I could. Well, what do you do about, what do you do about that? Well, you can get in the spirit as a believer. You can take things, take care of things in the spirit. You can certainly, you know, from the political standpoint, but, but let me just say this about that issue. And, and I'm not, I'm not one that preaches on issues like that much, but I, I, I do want to be faithful to emphasize what God said to me. But where that issue is concerned, let me tell you, the answer for that is you can't cure that problem politically alone. It's the gospel. It takes the gospel. 
it takes the gospel for people to properly value life as God values it. And to see things, listen, nobody that, that and there, I understand this, in most churches, and we, we certainly would never ask for testimonies, but in most churches, there's probably a, maybe a handful of ladies here, you've, you've, you've gone through that. We're not, we're not trying to bring condemnation on anybody. But you understand if, if you did or if you know somebody that did, they, they didn't have the eyes of their understanding properly enlightened to see things right. So we don't, we don't bash people. If they're lost, we don't bash people for acting blind because they are. They need Jesus to light, enlighten them. And so if, you, if, if that's the case, if you or somebody you know or somebody you're close to, that maybe they, they had that procedure with, listen, how many know God's merciful? Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. But what I'm talking about is what he told me about our country. Yes. That, that opened the door and has for years and years and years opened the door. And we're incurring, uh, you might say, well, are you saying that what we're dealing with is judgment? A form of it. A form of judgment. You have to understand what judgment is because people think judgment is, uh, they, they think there's no such thing as judgment until God rains fire down. You know what I mean? Until, until we're talking about the final judgment in the book of Revelation. No, 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 no. Uh, there, there's that extreme. That, that is judgment. But there's other forms of judgment. And then there's people that think anytime you stub your toe, God's judging you. There's, there's people on two different extremes. But no, you understand 1 Corinthians, the um, 11th chapter, about the 30th, 29th, 30th verse, says if we would judge ourselves, we would what? Not be judged. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Earlier in that chapter, it talks about uh, them opening the door to judgment. And they said, for this reason... Because of something they did there, many are sick and weak among you, and some have died prematurely. Well, that's what we're seeing in our day, aren't, aren't we? Yeah. Historically, historically, I mean down, you go all the way back through the Bible into the Old Testament, all the way to the beginning. Uh, mass plagues are historically a form of judgment. Well, does that mean God sent the coronavirus? No, God didn't send anything. God, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. But God, what did God say to me? He said, I held it back as long as I could. I held this back as long as I could. But because now just talking about our country, because our, our country, and then, of course, the same thing is true with other countries. We understand this didn't just hit us. I was asking him about our country because it had just come to our country. See what I'm saying? And so he said he couldn't hold it back from, from our country any longer. What does that mean then? We opened the door as a nation. We opened the door and are experiencing something. So now, and then I, then I wanted to know, well, what about the body of Christ? Where are we there? And that's what, that's what he spent the longest time talking to me about. And, and basically, one of the reasons why he couldn't hold it back from our country is because the body of Christ is too weak to hold it back from their place of authority on earth. Well, body, now, that, now this is what concerns us the most, right? We're in the body of Christ. I mean, we are the body of Christ here on earth. And it, it's true. We, I mean, obviously, we couldn't get this thing changed as a body. 
You might say, can you do that? There's a, lot of, there's a lot of things that you and I, as the body of Christ, can do. We ought to be able to keep the door closed to these things. Amen. And we have authority in our nation and in our states. Do you know that you guys are in authority in the state of California? Now, you're also under authority. I'm not going to meddle too much here, but, I, but I'll tell you I could because... There, there's a whole lot of believers that believe that because I'm a Christian, I don't have to submit to natural authority. You won't ever be able to exercise your spiritual authority in the earth if you won't submit to the other authorities that God has instituted. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So isn't this interesting this morning? It kind of got quiet in here all of a sudden. Now, when God was dealing with me along these lines, one of the, when he, he's, you know, made mention of this, the body of Christ is too weak. They're not in good shape. And the body of Christ, part of, part of why they're in the condition they are is because they have not been cooperating with God's plan. For not for a, not for a year, not for two years, not for a month, two months, for decades now, for years, the body of Christ. Of course, you understand. There's always there's always people who are who are in in obedience, and there's always people who are walking close with God. I'm talking about by and large. You take the whole body of Christ. Just seems it just seems like when I got saved in uh, well. January, it was started December 31st, 1985, but then January 1st, 1986, after the clock had turned midnight and watching the sun come up, I asked Jesus to be my Lord. And he said, yes, glory to God. And I was born again. Well, I came into the body of Christ then in the 1980s as, a, as an 18-year-old. And uh, as I did, man, I, I, well, at first... I only thought there was maybe six or seven of us in the world. I didn't know because I didn't, I didn't come into a good local church. It took me way too long to get into a church. I just didn't know you're supposed to. I was raised Jewish, you know. So we need, and church wasn't a thing for us. So uh, I came into the body of Christ. But then, I, I, man, things were hopping in, during that time. And maybe it's not where it should have been, but we were in a measure of revival. For, during that time in the 1980s, 1990s, and then I got to be part of really some outstanding things that were going on in the 1990s. God sent me to, to a place called Rama, and uh, ended up getting to travel with Kenneth Hagin for seven years, traveling with him wherever he, he went. And when I say, when, I say that, uh, when I say that things were hopping and big, I mean, we, we'd have a conference and uh, just on the campus there at Rama. And our auditorium held 4,500 people, would seat 4,500. But we'd have to have at least another 1,500 chairs scrunched in to, to, to handle the people. And then even still, all of them couldn't get in. So what would have to happen was um, you'd have to have people waiting in line all day long to get you a seat. And so you think you can come in right at 10 o'clock. And, and I know they'll have a seat for me. And doesn't matter, maybe I could come even after 10 o'clock, you know, let them get some of that crazy worship out, out of their system. 
and I can just slip in, feel good that I've been to church, you know, and, and do that. Well, you see, no, not back then. Not back then. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say I know it for sure because I don't know it for sure, but I'm, pretty, I'm pretty, pretty well confident that money was trading hands for, for seats. Yeah, I'm pretty well confident. I know for a fact that favors were being traded. For seats. And, and of course, front, you know, today, for today, it's like you go to most churches, the front rows are empty. The good seats are in the back. Now, I have no idea why for the NBA, everybody thinks the good seats are up front. For football, when they actually uh, have real people there, <laughs> the good seats are in the front. I mean, those are the most expensive. You go to a church, let's get there early so we can get a good seat in the back. Well, see, that's, that is a reflection of the decline. Again, this t I want you to know, this is not a depressing message. I also don't know that it's a message that I can get done by. Oh, it's, so it's not even 8 o'clock yet. We're good. I also don't know that it's a message. I don't know where we're going with this. I just know. Praise the Lord. So what the Lord dealt with me about was because I then, you know, then what I asked him, what can we do to correct this? Because I don't I don't want this to be, you know, they talk about a new normal. You know, I am compliant with with when they say put a mask on. I have one right here in my pocket. I put the mask on. I understand. I understand that. I understand that just because you are born again does not give you immunity. Yeah. Some of you think that it does. It does. No, it, 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 it does. It does not. It gives you the potential for it. If you'll feed your if you'll feed your spirit along those lines. But you, but listen, you know, as well as I do, most Christians just look at their just look straight ahead, smile at me. Most Christians don't feed their faith on the things of God enough for it to really affect their life. I mean, I'm talking to Christians in other churches. In, in the one down the road, the purple one that I, that I passed to get. The, yeah, those Christians. That's who I'm talking. Not talking about you in this church here. So what's it, so it's necessary that we make some adjustments. It's necessary that we make some corrections and get back to some things. And one of the things the Lord dealt with me about was, in fact, you know, he told me the beginning of this year, he said this year, he doesn't always do this, but sometimes he'll tell me what to minister on for the year. And he said this year, get back to your signature message. I know exactly what he meant when he said that, because I know what my main assignment is in the body of Christ. And it's, it's to be a carrier of what we call the move of God, his move that he's. And so I know my main assignment. I know what that is. And so anyhow, he dealt with me about some things that need to change for the body of Christ to get stronger and us to close the door so that the enemy doesn't have the kind of free access to just take out a couple hundred thousand people. Amen. The church has authority. The church has the ability and the responsibility to hold back the work of the enemy. Do you understand that? And when I say the church, I'm not just talking about the pastors. I'm talking about every single person. Amen. 
Uh, they, one of the reasons why maybe everybody in town doesn't come to this church is because you're going to get here and you're going to find out a couple things. You're going to find out that you have responsibility for what happens. You have responsibility in your Christian life. I know it would be easier to just learn some Christian lingo that says God's in control. Hey, I know things are crazy, but you know God's in control. No, God's not in control of everything and everyone. If he was, what a mess he's doing. How, how poor a job he's doing with it, right? No, God does have a plan. And when people say, well, you know, God's sovereign. Well, th there's a truth to that. The truth is God does have a plan. And he didn't ask Pastor Marcus and he didn't ask me. He didn't sit down and say, are you guys okay with this? Right. No, it is his plan. Yeah. And his plan must come to pass. But the workings of his plan, he's not sovereign in the sense that he can do anything, anytime, anyplace, anywhere that he wants to indiscriminately. Well, I thought he was God. He is. He is. But he does not have unlimited authority here on the earth. If he, if, he, if he did, you understand that the Bible says God doesn't want anyone to perish, but wants all to come to repentance. If he could do anything he wants, anytime he wants, anywhere he wants, to anyone he wants, he'd just make everybody get saved. And we'd finish this thing up in a glorious fashion, wouldn't we? Really quick. Really quick. But no, see, God's plan for the earth requires the cooperation of his body right. on the earth. I said God's plan for the earth requires his, the cooperation of his body on the earth. And when God's body fully cooperates with his plan, then yes, there is no devil in hell that can stop it. The problem is his body's not cooperating with his plan for a variety of reasons. Now, uh, let me tell you how long it would take for me to explain this to you. Because when God said this to me back in February, he dealt with me. And of course, everything shut down right about then. Uh, our, the church that my wife and I lead, really, she, she does a whole lot more with it than I do. But um, we, we had to shut down, couldn't meet in our building for 16 weeks. You know, and you might have had to do some of that as well. We understand that. And uh, here we are. Here we are. But. We want to come back different. Uh, and, you know, when people were saying, I just can't wait for us to get back to normal in the church. And I was like, I, d I couldn't stand normal. I didn't like normal. I don't want normal. I'm done with normal. And, I, I, and actually, actually, my, my feeling was, shut us down. <laughs> shut, shut us down. Because let's, let's get this right, then come back. And so I, uh, by the direction of the Lord, he had, he had us film some of what I'm talking to you. I say film it. Is that how you say it today? Just record it, video. We streamed it. And then it's available now on our YouTube and Facebook page. See, I'm learning these things. But, and, and we called it the viral revival hour. Because what is a virus? That's what we were dealing with, the virus. And, and what is a virus? It's something that spreads super fast. And I got to thinking, you know, the things of God can spread faster than a stupid virus. So that's why I called it the viral revival hour. And then we, we used the phrase hour to, to, to make sure that I didn't just go on and on and on. We limited it to one hour. So we took 18 sessions and I shared these things. So that's how I said, I know how long it takes me to teach on these. Eight, it would take 18 services. Praise the Lord. 
So you can go back and watch those on the Siegel Ministries YouTube page if you want, if you're even interested. But for today, so I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get, oh, this is cool. Check that out. Do you guys, do you guys know what did that? <laughs> I'm so easily distracted. You should not give me toys. So anyhow, but so I'm going to give you the very, very, very brief, short version of it. Praise the Lord. Now, are you still in 2 Timothy? Praise God. Do we have your attention yet? Isn't that something what the Lord said to me? I, I still, I still, because, you know, I've, I've learned, listen, um, we don't just deal with things from a natural standpoint only, and especially in the church, because the root of things aren't natural. And so over the years, I've said so little, hardly anything about what, what we would call social issues, political issues. But isn't what, that's something what God said to me. Your, in your country, you guys won't stop killing the babies. It's opened the door. And the church hasn't been strong enough to keep the powers of darkness from coming in. So I have to say what he said. Uncomfortable to hear. And listen, I understand this, that there's, the, there's people, they come, uh, they hear the good news of Jesus and they come into the things of God. And maybe from a political or social standpoint, they're not where a lot of Christians are. And listen, doesn't mean God hates you, doesn't mean anybody hates you. We love you. I, I, I do believe the more that you in, immerse yourself in the things of God, the more his perspective will become your perspective yeah. on these things. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so we don't say that you didn't hear an ounce of judgmental talk from me are you i'm not i'm not i'm not judging anybody um I, i'm just i'm trying to reflect the heart of god yeah, to you today and so here in uh here in second timothy i want to read that first first verse again this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come now i've just talked about that haven't i now, you'd think the next verse would say, for there shall be a great pandemics of great diseases. It goes on to list the cause of the perilous times. And that's not what it says. There'll be great economic difficulty. Huh? Now, there's other places in Scripture where it does talk about those things and where Jesus said, you'll hear of wars and rumor of wars and pestilence. Well, that's, that's plague. That's different things over in Matthew 24. But this says something different. And I want to I just read some of this. Perilous times shall come. Why shall the times be so difficult for men? And that includes women. People. People. People shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent. That's not talking about people that have trouble. Uh, anyhow, you know, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, living out of their head, high minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. We'll stop right there for a second. You're thinking of, of this list, and you're thinking, man, all these, <clears throat> all these heathen be causing all this trouble around us. Right? All these heathen because they're, <laughs> they're, they're selfish. They're full of pride. You mean they're just like you? <laughs> I'm going to know we in the flesh. That's all of us. 
That's all of us. You could almost say, the, in the last days there'll be perilous times because people just be just want to walk in the flesh. Yeah. But for most people, what else are they going to walk in? If they're not born again, they don't have another realm to gravitate towards. Yeah. But now, I want to read this next verse, because it's part of it. Verse 5 says, Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. So wait a second, if you thought verse 2, if you thought verse 2 and verse 3 and verse 4 were talking about the people down at the local pub, if you thought that verse 2, 3, and 4 were talking about criminals, huh? Because, listen, when we, hear, when we hear lists like this, we, all, we, don't, we never want to look at ourselves. We, we want to right, blame others. So you might be right. You might be right. It might be the sailors down at the dock that are, that are, that are fulfilling this list of, of, of negative characteristics. But what about verse 5? Having a form of godliness. Listen, the bad biker gang doesn't have a form of godliness. Huh? The gang members, you don't say, you don't say that that gang, they have a form of godliness. What do you mean form of godliness? They're acting and going through the motions of people who are believers. So, is it possible that this list is including believers? Not only is it possible, Paul wrote it to a pastor. <laughs> Paul's writing to Timothy, who was a pastor. These are people that Timothy would encounter as he led the church at Ephesus. And this one thing on the list here, having a form of godliness, but denying the power. What is this list? This is, this is a list of the attributes that are responsible for the peril of our times, for the difficulty of our days. Might not be the list you'd put together. We, we know a whole lot of people that would say the president's responsible for the for the peril of our days. And then you get a president of a different party, then all kinds of other people will say the president is the one responsible or this one's responsible. And everybody's pointing fingers at other people. But according to the Bible, getting way too many, way too many amens from over this, this, this section. <laughs> Kids, the kids are doing great. You guys, you, no, you, you guys are fantastic. Just fantastic. Love, love being with you. So, having a form of godliness, but denying the power. What's it mean, denying the power? How many know that denying the power doesn't just mean denying the existence of God's power? Could it also mean denying the expression of God's power, denying the flow of God's power? If you look up that word denying in the original language, another word that's used is refusing. 
refusing the flow of the power of God. Refusing to cooperate with God's power. Refusing to understand God's power. Denying it the right to work among us. Not cooperating with God's power. Is part of the list of things that are responsible for the difficulty of our day. And that right there is in particular what the Lord dealt with me about. That the body of Christ is not skillful enough in cooperating with the flow of God's power to be of much good when a worldwide pandemic hits. Do you know, do you know that when something like what we call corona, when that hits the earth, the first place the government ought to go is to the leaders in the body of Christ and say, help us know what to do with this. And that ain't who they're turning to. Matter of fact, they say, you guys shut down and shut up. Right? Right? It shouldn't be that. We ought to be so skilled with God's power and we ought to be so skilled with working with him that they ought to come to us. It's an indictment on the body of Christ that we were ignored. Just, just true. It's just true. And so I'm just telling you, and you can, you can believe me or not believe me, I've given you scripture. I'm telling you that if the body of Christ, if the church, and of course that, listen guys, that would include this church. If we don't develop skill with learning how to flow with God's power, not just hearing sermons. That's good. You need that. You need that. Matter of fact, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. Um, a couple, this was a couple weeks ago. Wouldn't have been this last week, but the week before that. I, I had to drive somewhere on a Wednesday night, and it was going to be kind of a longer drive. I was tired on Wednesday night, and I was actually stopped in, in uh, it wasn't, I was in traffic, but it wasn't because of traffic, but they had the road closed for something. So I'm sitting there waiting and I flipped through, I flipped, uh, just looked at my phone and I just opened social media because I had a notification or whatever. And then I opened this and then I saw just like the first post down there said, the river church is live. <laughs> yes, the river church is live. And for the, whole, for, for the whole time I was driving, I listened to Pastor Melina minister. Do you remember what you ministered a couple Wednesday nights ago on not worrying? Oh, my Lord, I was fed. I, was, I listened to the whole thing. So I said that to say we need, we need sermons, but we also need to learn how to become skillful at flowing with the power of God. Why? Because the only way God's power can work in the earth is through his body, yeah. is through us, it's through you. And if we have no clue what we're doing with it, if we have no clue how to use it and how to transmit it and how to allow God to move through us, then we'll be in the same shape we're in the next time something goes. Or the, they're talking now about the second wave is getting ready to hit. I don't know how they know all that they know, but they seem to know, you know, the second wave is getting ready to hit. And, 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 and we'll, 
And we'll just be just being honest about it. I know it's a little sobering today, but if you were here last night, you, you, you would have gotten something to help you be able to stand this little. We had an, Holy, Holy Ghost anesthetic. But actually, actually, what we had last night, there was such purpose in it. And because it comes out in a form, now for those of you that weren't here, um, I got up to actually, and I don't know what I was going to minister on out of this, because I prayed all, I spent most of the afternoon, and on my drive up here yesterday, I, sp I spent time seeking God, and I had nothing. I had nothing. <laughs> Other than the sense that I'd be okay. And I came, and, and it was during, while the ladies were ministering, and I, I mean, God was just coming on me, but I saw myself get up, and I, I just saw and heard myself get up and turn to this verse. Didn't realize it was for this morning, ultimately. <laughs> but that's okay. But so, but so last night, what we say, the Spirit fell. That's the term we use, meaning God's presence and power, which are one and the same. God's presence and power manifested and came on us in a form that was quite enjoyable. But when something's enjoyable, people often, uh, because there is a lightness about it in, in, in one sense, but because there is, people often fail to see the, the weight of it at the same time. See what I'm saying? And they think, well, that's just them having a good time fooling around. Not at all. Not at all. Listen, I don't particularly enjoy not being able to stand up on two feet. <laughs> you know, just if you think about it, you kind of like to be in control of, of your movements and things like that. And, and I was not. Yeah. But there was purpose in that. Yes, there was good. purpose in that. God wants to fill and to flood his body, his people, each individual. But I'll just tell you, I'll, since I already got you here, I'll just tell you, even last night, not everybody was wholeheartedly flowing with what God was doing. There were some who were refusing the power. Maybe not maliciously, maybe not intentionally. But you and I want to, if it's God, you need to ask the, answer that question. Is what's going on here, is it God? But if you know God and can sense God, you would sense that the spirit by which we were ministering was God. That was God. It's really God. I love God. I love God. Looking back on it, I mean, when it's happening, when, it, when it's happening and you get up and you say, turn to such and such a scripture and I go to read it and I can't speak. At the moment, you're like, oh, come on. <laughs> what's going to happen? Where's this? You know, those thoughts can fly at you. Like, what's going to happen? Where's it going to go? But then after the fact, you're like, you know what? I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade times like last night for anything. But you have to be, you, I'm telling you, you have to, and, and this message is for this church this morning. If you want to be part of the strong group of local churches that are strong enough to hold back the powers of darkness, you have to be skilled 
at flowing with God's power. And one of the ways you, you develop that skill is when he gives us a practice session. When he gives us a lab class like last night. You don't try to see how far out of the flow you can stay. You try to see how deep you can yield to the flow. There's a difference. There's a difference. And so how do you yield to the flow of God? Well, and I told you when I started this message this morning, I was trying to, going to try to bring some explanation to what we had last night. And I, I don't know which clock to look at. So don't. So I'm just I'll, I'll quit at the right time. How's that? I'll quit at the right time. And either when I'm done or when the kids are done, we'll, we'll see which one. No, when, when how do you yield when the spirit's moving a certain direction and in a certain way? You yield by flowing that direction. Yeah. And so really a lot of times when I'm ministering like that, again, I didn't plan to do it. But what, what ends up coming out of me are expressions of joy. Sometimes, sometimes just ha, ha, ha. I couldn't speak in English. And if you think perfect speaking Spanish, I don't speak that either. <laughs> but I, I couldn't speak in English. But I could yield to the utterances of God that were in me. And that's what it was. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that establishes what the flow is right. for the moment anyhow. And it's possible for a service to go different directions. But most of the time when God establishes a direction, that is the direction for the service. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's just amazing how many people will try to change that direction. But we've got to be committed. If the Spirit of God is moving among us... We have to be aware and engaged. And if you say, well, I don't feel anything, well, recognize the fact that those maybe who have been in this a little longer than you or, or, or are being used to conduct the service, if we do and others do, the fact that you don't just means you don't. Doesn't mean it's not God for everybody. And, and, by, and by excusing yourself from it, dismissing yourself for what, from what's going on, you're, you're not just hindering that flow from reaching your own life, but you can hinder that flow from reaching the lives of others. Yes. Why? Because it works that way. Yes. It works that way. That's why, we, that's why we don't just have the ladies up here and they say, y'all just sit there and watch the concert. Right. They don't they don't just sit up there and say, we're going to worship for a while and you sit there and watch. But how many what do they want you to do? This is time for everybody yes. to participate. Why? Because your participation yes. in that flow, I keep using that word. But the reason I use that word flow, what do we what do we use that word for? Well, one thing is natural power. Electricity flows, doesn't it? Yes. It flows along a certain path where preparation has been made for it. Yes. You know, the power that's, that's tied to this building is not doing anything in your car right now. Because right, right. your car is not in the same path of, of power. Your car is not in the same flow. I'm just getting warmed up here. Now it's time to go. You're, no, you have, everybody needs to contribute to that flow. And for each person that will participate in the flow of God, it's like having another room wired. It's like having more wiring to where God's power can flow. How many know more wires can equal more power? You see what we're saying? And so that's why it's essential. It's not optional. It's not optional that when they start singing these songs, it's not a sing-along. 
Yes, you're singing along, but you're not just there for a sing-along. This is not hee-haw. They don't know it. They don't know. They don't know. They're like, what's hee-haw? Well, sometime would you get up and explain to them what hee-haw is, please? Hee-haw was a cunt, uh, hillbilly sing-along show when we were kids. That's not what this is. You are hooked to a power generator. And when they start singing, and when you... Now, I was sitting up here. I don't know who sang, who didn't sing, but I, I know most churches. Most churches, you have about 35% participation. And even others that are singing, their hearts aren't engaged, so they're not plugged in. They're not plugged in. They're, they're going through the motions. They have the form, but they don't want any of the power. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. And it may be true for you. And if it is, again, nobody's, I'm not, I'm not here just to spank your rear end today. I'm not here to give you a whipping. But let's have the maturity about us to say, hey, if this is true, Father, I recognize that. Help me make the change. Help. Right? Right? God's not, we're not mad at anybody. But we're just, we're just saying, hey, this is where we need to go. And so times like last night, those, as God directs, now we're not to try to reproduce things in the flesh. But I mean, as God directs, listen, guys, those times are absolutely essential because it's taking what you do in praise and worship and taking it to another level in you. And helping you, because how many, how many here last night, you found yourself getting up off the floor. You, you dress up, you're wearing this nice dress, and now you've got to try to get up in heels off the floor. I know. No, I'm just... You try to get, I understand that what we had last night is harder to retain your dignity, which is another word for pride. <laughs> it's harder to retain your dignity when the, ampli when the amplitude is turned up, the amperage is turned up. And that's good. That's by design. Because it helps you crucify your flesh. How many here your flesh wants to get up and dance like a maniac in front of other people? Nobody's flesh wants to do that. But, but when you do that in response to the moving of God among you, it's like being hooked to that generator. Power is able to flow to you and through you. And people don't understand. They think that they think they're just having a good time. Ha, 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 ha. We're just having fun. No, that's just the, the ha, ha, ha. It's just the anesthetic before the surgery. And I promise you, if you yield to God during those times, you know what I mean? Uh, yield, when we talk about yielding to God, it's when we see a yield sign, what do you do? You stop. That's not what we talk about. Yielding to God doesn't mean stop. It means flow. Yes. Yielding to God doesn't mean stop. It means flow. It means going with God. When you yield to God, his power flows to you and through you. And things that could not be accomplished any other way are accomplished. Well, can't people just get it from preaching the word? Yes, but not all will. Not all have the foundation to get it in one sermon. And I'm telling you, God wants so badly 
to get his body strong and to minister to people, that he will bring things to people. But folk got to be yielded, yielded, got to be wholehearted, got to be just, I, I don't care if it's God, I will not be left out of this thing. If it's God, I'm jumping in all the way. Amen. And I'm not just going to sip, 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 put it down. That's not, you hadn't been around enough, you hadn't been around enough drunk people. That ain't how they do it. Listen, over in the Bible, in the Old Testament, there was a story, and I'll close with this, I believe, because I know you're ready. And listen, I know those, those chairs, you, you, it's a sign of commitment just to be here in folding chairs. I understand that. I do. I understand that. But uh, there's a story in the Old Testament where there, there was a, a king there, and he came to see the prophet. The prophet was actually on his deathbed. And king said, what do I do? And the prophet said, see those arrows? Go, go shoot those arrows out, out the window. And, and the king half-heartedly shot a couple arrows. One, this is stupid. Why does, he, why does he have to use all these object lessons? Why does he use all these dumb illustrations? Why can't he just tell me my answer? Yeah. Why can't I get it the way I want it? Yeah. Come on. So boom, boom, boom. Three arrows. And he came in and he said, yeah, that's how, that's how long-lived your victory is going to be. Because you shot three. Ha, ha, ha. That was the level of your participation. That's the level. He said you should have shot the whole quiver. And you should have done it with your heart. You should have done it all the way. Folk want the overflow and they won't even get in the flow. But you know when, you know when they needed wine at the, at the feast, the marriage feast in Cana? He said, fill those water pots up. And he said, they filled them to the brim. Yes, yes, that's right. And a whole lot of believers, they're just like, yeah, whatever, whatever. That's why we're, that's why we're weak. That's why we can't get the job done. That's why, that's why we're ignored. But I'll tell you what, if we'll just make the change, if we'll make the adjustment, you and I can be part of the glorious church. Amen. We can get this thing turned around. We will get this thing turned around. Yeah. Hallelujah. Why don't you just stand up with me? Change your position here a little bit. If, if you can. Glory to God. Close your eyes. Pray this with me. Let your heart agree with it. Father God. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace in my life. Help me, Lord, to see these things for myself. Show me the truth and help me cooperate with you. Give me opportunities, Master, to learn to yield, to learn to flow with you. And help me be one of the strong ones in the body of Christ. That brings you great glory. In Jesus name. You agree with that? Why don't you shout amen real good. Hallelujah. Praise him. Well, I know I took a little bit, but you know, didn't preach last night. So that's what was on my heart. And uh, again, didn't mean to spank you. 
didn't mean to. All I meant to do was obey God and, and bring what he had for us. So Amen. pray God that we pray to God we've done that. Pastors, Amen. thank you much.